0: Welcome to it the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. And
1: discover real facts about the amazing people who brought the shows to life. I'm Jessica, IMDb maven, and the person who reads everything in a theater program.
0: And I'm Jacob, writer, producer, and seniorly detective, Logic Cop Investigations. Boop, boop. Each week, we watch a show and try to immediately guess who done it, without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy.
1: Then we spoil everything. We not only tell you who did it, but also who made it. All right, let's find out!
0: Who was right.
1: Who was wrong.
0: And who is dead. How do we want to just bang zoom into this here?
1: Like that. Yeah, zoom. Just bang,
0: zoom, we're in? Yes. Okay, okay, bang, zoom, we're in. All right. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I had to make that so difficult. There we go. Well, this is it. This is a new episode then. We're we're not revisiting because you haven't heard it, but one of our practice episodes, we watched Frankie Drake Mysteries. Yes. And it was a lot of fun. And so we wanted to do it for the actual show here. Tell us about uh, Frankie Drake Mysteries, Jessica. What is it?
1: Okay. Well, it's a series that follows Frankie Drake, a female private detective operating in Toronto in the 1920s.
0: Right. When Toronto was still a mill town and there was all sorts of... Was it a mill town?
1: I don't remember a mill. I think yeah. There was a lot of
0: building and there was also sure. a lot of factory work happening.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: There's also a very big... I, this is, I'm not sure if this is the correct way to say it anymore, but there was also a big quote-unquote Chinatown... Prohibition actually happened in Canada for a little bit too, but Chinatown yes. was where you could go and you can get a drink. You could what do they call it? They called it cold tea.
1: Oh, it's I can't remember now. Yeah, like you we'll could get hot tea you today.
0: You're, true. You could get hot tea or you could get cold tea, and cold tea was whiskey. But there's Frankie Drank. Frankie Drank is Toronto's. <laughs> Frankie Drank is <laughs> Frankie drank. Frankie drank. Jacob drank before this podcast episode started, apparently. Frankie Drake. Is Toronto's first female private detective. She was a spy during World War One and she came back That's and she right. wasn't happy just going back and being a housewife or what other like domestic role would be hers.
1: Her father he was a baddie. He was kind of a con man, right? Yeah, and he, her, so his, so she has Her a, mother
0: and her father were both con men.
1: Like everybody was kind of like, oh, he's a lovable scamp, but man, the guy's a con man. I don't know if that's going to figure in this episode at all, but it's just interesting backstory on our character and the troubles that she sometimes has when she's trying to get information from people in political places or at the
0: police department.
1: Because they're like,
0: yeah, girl. You don't come from such a good line. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And her mother is still around. Like, her mother makes life difficult for her every now and then. But her partner, so who is her partner?
1: So her partner is Trudy Clark played by Chantal Riley. Mm-hmm. She is Frankie's partner and friend.
0: It's important to note that her partner is a woman of color. Yes. So like 1920s, a woman owning her own business, let alone her partner being a woman of color is a big deal. And they they make, they don't make a big deal of it, but every now and then they have to remind people that Trudy is not her assistant. She is not her helper. Yes. She is not her maid. No, no, no. This is my partner, and they're not—they're yes. not ashamed of it. They're not—they don't hide it. They don't, but it's just very much like, nope. Let me correct you. She's my partner. Yeah. So, those are the those are the two private detectives. But like any other private detective mm. show, they've got to have somebody on the inside of the police. who yeah. Who is their person well, on the police side? and squad? these
1: other two folks are considered the four main leads, actually. Right. Yes. Mary Shaw. Is a morality officer in Toronto's police force who often helps Frankie with her cases, and that's played by Rebecca
0: Lydiard. And morality officers, we had to look this up when we did this. A morality officer literally was someone who would make sure that, A, there were no women who were walking around unchaperoned, because if you were an mm-hmm. unchaperoned woman, mm-hmm. you could very often be a prostitute. So they were mm-hmm. helping the morality, trying to keep the streetwalkers off, trying to make sure the seamstresses were actually, you know, seamstresses Um, but they would also do things like check skirt lengths you will hear people on the police force make fun of her as someone who's just only good for like checking the length of people's skirts but she really does want to be a police officer but she can't because again 1920s
1: yeah and she really does do a lot of she one of the things the tropes of the show is that being a woman is frustrating sometimes, but other times it allows them into places and it allows them to find out information that they wouldn't normally have because they can just be because they're written off and ignored by people. Oh right, yeah, okay. They they get to just sort of blend in with right. the scenery and the men don't notice that or or the women like of high society or whatever just don't even notice that they're there collecting information listening hearing details right, kind of or invisible in that yeah way. and they're invisible looking at looking at the books looking at the, the the you know the stuff in the police force looking through details and pictures and taking files and just being like oh i kind of need this <laughs> <laughs> bring this right back yeah and everyone's like what huh i'm i'm busy <laughs> i'm
0: busy you do your womanly things yeah it clearly has nothing bearing on me
1: yeah the fourth character is i want to i want to oh. pause for
0: a second i want to pause for a second and i want to let our listeners guess who their fourth character might have to be so we've got the private detectives we've got the police person what does the fourth person have to be jessica tell us she
1: is a morgue attendant she is our coroner she's the one who has like all the information and she's willing to give it to them yeah and and she put herself through school like she
0: like her husband died in world war one and she put herself through all the schooling and all the training in order to become this morgue attendant and she is a hoot i love her to death she's a plus-size lady she's not afraid of that there's one episode where she's walking along the bank there of this lake. She's eating a sandwich, talking about how she wants to find her first dead body floating in the water, and she's just eating this like hoagie sandwich, talking about finding a dead body floating in the water. She's fantastic, and I love her. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's she's wonderful. She's played by Sharon Matthews, and yeah, she provides information to Frankie. You there you come. go. Yeah,
0: and I'm I'm sad to say, in the first season, there was a re- recurring recurring character. Of Ernest Hemingway, yes, who did actually spend some time in Toronto, hated it, but he was a journalist in Toronto for a little bit, and he and Frankie were always kind of sparring over how do you get these stories, where are you showing up all these places? But I think, according to what I've read, he was only there for season one, so I don't think we'll see him. this Oh, yeah, episode. I don't think so either. But what episode are we doing?
1: And there are a number oh. of recurring characters. Oh, please tell us uh, who are in this episode, including Grace Lin Kong. It plays Wendy Kong, the owner of Kong's Cafe, which is a speakeasy in the ward that is frequented by the main cast. Gotcha. Sometimes less Mary Shaw because she is a morality officer. Right. And not really supposed to be drinking.
0: Yes. But she does. But she does. Because we're only human.
1: Yep. You got to enjoy life.
0: <laughs> and responsibly. Responsibly, yes. people. And not yeah. more driving.
1: Yeah. For anybody who's not familiar, this is considered a crime drama mystery. I think there should be like a little comedy tag to this because it's, it's light. a little light. It's all light.
0: It's definitely light. We need to come up with a bingo card. Yes. We need to come up with a bingo card where it's just like uh, mystery, procedural, <laughs> horror, like all the things. So tell me what these yeah. things
1: were. There have been 41 episodes so far, four seasons. And the pilot premiered in Canada, not in the US, but in Canada on November 6th. 2017 and it premiered later in the u.s like i think 2018 or maybe even 19 it was really late to coming to the u.s we are watching it on pbs and we right. are watching tonight season two episode nine which is called dealer's choice Ooh. frankie and trudy get hired as drinks waitress and croupier at Bess starkman's illegal casino which has been robbed then Frankie gets accused of murder.
0: No way. Yeah. Okay, so we got robbery and murder happening here. Yes. And we also want to say, they. so they just finished up their fourth season and they have like a whole episode.
1: A whole episode, yeah, about the Spanish flu and they investigate that. And I'm, I'm so regretting that I asked Siri to pick our episode because I totally would have done that one.
0: <laughs> Maybe in a bonus episode later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But there we go. So that's what we're doing. So what is, so the log line, Frankie Drake and her crew have to investigate some robberies happening at an illegal Frankie casino. Frankie and Trudy, yeah. Frankie and Trudy, Frankie and Trudy and the crew. And then Frankie gets accused of murder. Yeah. All right. Let's dive in. Okay. here's the thing, people. We just came from a highly sensitive phone call with the New York head officiating office. We had to call the reps.
1: In you know, the world of podcasting contests. We,
0: we contacted the podcasting contests oversight committee based, oversight, in, based yeah. in New York City. And
1: they have a special mystery shows committee. The mystery
0: division. Mystery division. Yeah, yeah, the mystery. Mm-hmm. Div- it gets a yeah. little hard sometimes because sometimes it's like mystery, comedy, romance, action, like which department do you go to, right. but We've been through this enough times that they just sent us and right to the they, mysteries. Yeah,
1: because for a long time they just sent us right to the true crime, true mystery, right murders, and we, yeah, and oh, we were like, "But we're not we're, doing we're true fake crime, crime. We're fake, crime. Fake, fake crime, fake crime, fake crime."
0: Yeah, they finally they finally got through to us though. But I mean, bless them, bless yeah. them. The work that the podcasting oversight committee does is yeah. just amazing work. Yeah, so. I
1: mean, because they were we were getting in trouble in the early days because they were like, "That's not real. You're saying things that right. are not I, and real." And we were like, like, "That's the
0: point." Yeah, and that,
1: we were that's, like, "Yeah, that's." That, that's the whole thing they had a real hard time they
0: with had that. a really hard time with it but we, they figured it out they figured they figured out where we fit and thank god thank god they figured it out because we bless them bless them yes because we have had i'm telling you i did not think that frankie drake was going to be such a controversial episode but there you go it's just been it's been a mess i mean i i should have known we were getting into trouble when it was just a normal mystery and not a murder
1: but it's not there's a murder
0: but the murder doesn't take place until 20 minutes into the episode But there's still a murder. (laughs) It does say, it does say in the totally made up rules that we can't point to anywhere that, yes, you get to watch till the end of the teaser or until there's a body. So, I mean, yes, I guess we just watched until there was a dead body. Yeah. It just so happens that it was 20 minutes in. Now, don't get me wrong. You have pointed out rightfully, I, I might add, that in the Prime Suspect episode with our favorite leading lady...
1: Dame fucking Helen Mirren.
0: Kind of, yeah. But Dame uh, <laughs> Helen fucking
1: Mirren. It's her middle name.
0: <laughs> in any event, in any event, it's it's twenty minutes into that episode before we paused and guessed. Of or course. more. Or more, but the whole point about that is that like that episode is like three hours long for one minute. Sure in any event in any event, due to the due to some crack officiating at the podcast oversight committee, we have determined that even though we have watched twenty one minutes out of a forty two minute episode, we still don't know anything there's is a body. we're well within the rules. We can do some guessing. great there you go.
1: I'm so excited now, side note, do you think that they use those little black boxes that they oh, do like in they football go in like they you have they to go in and look at the thing, over fabric their over their heads and like and, look it up and yeah like a viewfinder.
0: <laughs> maybe they do it's so mysterious people like you don't get to, you don't really hear from the podcast oversight committee until you've had at least seven episodes. This is the thing you don't know about it because most podcasts stop after six episodes. But once you hit oh, that seventh, that, uh, that is that is a true fact. That is so fact once true. you once you get to that seventh <laughs> episode, the podcast oversight committee is like, great, now that you're here, ah, they overnighted us our badges. Thank goodness, our official, it wasn't our a official, right? No, 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 no. It's our official podcast badges. So when we flash you the podcast badges, that's how you know that we're. But official we had podcasters. to send them back,
1: right? Because they said, "Remember, it said true crime." And oh, we were you're like, right. No, you're no. right. So we
0: are, we are waiting. We are waiting uh, on the fake crime badges. You're yes. right about that. But we are told that the badges are on their way. Yeah. So what we should do then is tell you what's going on. Yep. So that you can, you can also. Tell us the first 20 minutes
1: of the show. Tell us the first
0: 20 minutes of the show. I love this show because, like you said, it's not a comedy, but it could be a comedy. Everything is just so fun. The first thing is this guy comes in and gives them hundreds of dollars, like a ridiculous amount of money, to find a very important pocket watch that he lost. And folks, I'm here to tell you, they start talking about how, oh, did you lose it over on 12th Street? Well, there's... That belongs to the street urchin gang. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anytime you get to say that that's street urchin territory, you're in for a good ride. That's my, <laughs> that's my thing. Like there, there needs to be, bring back the urchin, bring back the urchin. Oh
1: no, Jacob. That was such a terrible time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they go bust up these two street urchins and these two street urchins are like, no, you don't want us. You want the person who's in charge of all of us. Our Fagin. Our Fagin. Are we allowed our to say our fence? We don't need to get into the whole anti-Semitism of Victorian oh. England. In any event, they go to his fence. They go to the urchin's fence. The fence is like, well, I sold it to this guy. So then they go to that guy's house. And they're like, okay, 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 fine. I lost a gambling at this casino. They go to the casino. The casino is run by a lady named Bessie Starkman, who we met a couple episodes earlier, who she was in charge of a great big gambling ring around the baseball championship. So there's been bad blood between Frankie and Mm -hmm. Bessie because Frankie ruined this whole thing that Bessie had going on. Thousands upon thousands of dollars was lost. So the fact that Bessie's even like talking to them and not just killing them straight up is a miracle.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's dirty. So they go to Bessie Starkman's casino slash speakeasy.
0: And Bessie Starkman is not going to give it back to them. At first, They think it's just because she's angry with them. But then she confides in them that she can't give it back to them, even when they threaten to she call the cops. She can't give the watch back. She can't give the watch back to them, even though she, like they threatened the cops because they got robbed. Bessie's casino got robbed the night before and everything got taken. And so what they decide to do is they decide to help each other out. If Frankie can find out who robbed Bessie. Then Bessie gets the money back and Frankie gets to keep the watch. So guess what? They're going undercover at a casino. There's a great little moment where they like show them getting into the costumes for the casino. It's very cute. Anyways, so yes, they get dolled up for their first shift. Marty and Flo are gonna go and check out the pawn shops to see who- Mary. Do I they said call Marty? Her? You did. Oh dear, no, I meant Mary. Mar-
1: yeah, Mary and Flo. Yeah, Mary and Flo are standing there as they're getting dressed up and they are going to go to the pawn shops. And try to to find the watch, because somebody probably sold it. Yeah, they stole it and
0: then they sold it. Okay. After they get that whole plan worked out, Frankie and Trudy go back to the casino where they are taught how to deal and uh, taught how to serve liquor, as if they didn't know this. And they meet the head of security, Vernon, and then they get to work. Trudy starts dealing out to two gamblers at the blackjack table, and one of them, and they keep talking back and forth about Muldoon's Grill or Muldoon's Saloon, I'm not sure which, I think it's Muldoon's something or other. Anyways, Muldoon's is the name. One's a waiter, one says he helped the guy come up with the name for Muldoon's, but they're talking back and forth. Meanwhile, Frankie is trying to hand out drinks to people. She gets slapped on the backside by a guy named Charles Kanitsky. Kanitsky, Kanasky, Kanasky, Charles Kanasky, and she's ready to turn around and slap him back, but Bessie's like, oh no, no, oh no, no. Charles Kanasky is one of my best customers. He does the slapping. You don't slap him. So Frankie bites her tongue and Charles is like, you got moxie, kid. I like you. Why don't you, when you're ready, when you're ready to move up in the world, why don't you come work for me? And she's like, yeah, right. Whatever. Loser. Anyways. So they keep going on and serving people.
1: I would say... That more than loser, because he's a very successful man. He, he is has a very lots successful. of businesses. As he says, he has a lot of fingers in lots of pies. Yes, which he has I fingers like, in a lot Ew. of pies. Yeah. And he gives her his card. And he, actually, he doesn't give it to her. He puts it in her dress. Yes. Gross. And she makes a motion as if she threw it onto the ground afterwards, after he walks away. And I was kind of thinking as we were watching this, this person's card you probably want to hold on to. Because... He has a speaking role and is clearly a suspect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. He spoke to you. He's clearly going to be important. Come on, Frankie. (laughs) Everybody knows that. Yes. So while they're working there, though, Flo and Mary go. They find the watch in a pawn shop. They do a little uh, strong arm, the lady at the the pawn shop, to make her sell it to them. And they find out that their inscription in the watch is Chinese. The lady at the pawn shop won't tell them who sold it to her. So they take the watch and they say they'll come back tomorrow to find out who sold it to them. So, meanwhile, back at the casino, Frankie is talking to the bartender. He's kind of skeezy. He tells her to go to the back and get some gin. As she's gone, the place gets robbed again. People show up wearing masks. And the masks, by the way, pandemic trigger warning, the masks look like those medieval Renaissance doctor masks with a long oh, bird nose. beak in yeah. front of them.
1: And Frankie and Trudy try to knock the people out.
0: Well, Frank, before they even knock oh, the people out, true. Frankie stands up to them and she's like, "You're not going to do it tonight, Mister." And he's like, "What?" And he tries to shoot her, but there's no bullets in the gun. So there's a fight, but they can't stop the guys. The guys escape.
1: And for one second, she holds up all the bullets. Right. She's Nobody like, "Nobody seems I've got to your have bullets. seen that." But she did do that in the shot that we saw
0: yep so they they get into a fight the guys still manage somehow to escape because the head of security was out dealing with something else bessie doesn't know what's happening so frankie and trudy walk her through it and what essentially happens is that when frankie was going to the back to get more gin she noticed that there was an employee bathroom and the employee locker rooms, there were gun, there were some guns and masks in one of the lockers. So she knew it had to be somebody on the inside bringing the guns in, and somebody on because the inside them there. Because they aren't being
1: checked by security.
0: Right, because employees aren't checked by security. So she took all the bullets out of the gun, which is how she was able to stand up to them. Which also means that they have a mole in there, which upsets Bessie. What they realize, though is that the head of security has been distracted every time that the robbers have come in. So they confront the head of security, Vernon, and they say, you're in on this. You got to you gotta help us out. And he's like, if, if I tell you anything, I'm dead. So Frankie's like, you just tell us when and where you're supposed to pick up the stuff. We'll take care of it from there. So the head of security is like, great, you come with me. I'll show it to you. Meanwhile, Mary and Flo have taken the watch to, I believe it's Mrs. Kwan's, Tea House, Uh in quotes, Tea House, to get the inscription read. And the inscription reads, Heart reduced to ashes, remember water lily. They don't know what it means, but they figure out that maybe there's a place where there's water lilies that they're going to go, so they leave to go check that out.
1: And she seems to suggest when she, Ms. Kwan, seems to suggest when she's reading the characters... And this might be a throwaway line because they're like, why would he have something in Chinese? What, with Chinese characters? And she's like, I have a British necklace and an Italian hairdresser.
0: So why not? Trudy is back at the casino going to start doing some uh dealing and she sees a matchbook from the Muldoon's people and she's like wait a minute these Muldoon's people created the distraction with the head of security and they've been here maybe it's these guys are behind it as well she goes to talk to the floor boss Ronnie and Ronnie's like what are you talking about they're great they're fine leave them alone don't think about it she goes back to dealing Frankie goes with Vernon to go to the drop and as he is approaching the drop someone hits her from behind she gets knocked out She's woken up. Bessie is shaking her awake. Vernon is dead. The cops are at the doorstep. Bessie knocks the cop out and they run. So there's a dead body. Vernon, head of security, very sad. There's a dead body. She's been framed for a murder. There's robbers that they have to catch. We're halfway through. I'm feeling guilty about the guesses, but we still don't know anything anyway, so we're gonna do some guessing. We were approved by the podcast oversight committee. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Jessica heard tell me what you got
1: uh so those are are they seem like our suspects, and it seems like it's her name what's her name the casino owner Bessie Bessie seems like she I mean she's running this establishment, so we don't think she's actually done anything wrong
0: well I mean other than doing I all mean, the illegal things do, herself establishment
1: but yes. a bit. Somehow, somehow she ended up in this warehouse with yeah. Dead how guy she ended up in the warehouse? How she ended up, up in the Frankie.
0: warehouse? Waking up Frankie. That is a very good question.
1: Yeah, because I f- sort of feel like she's a suspect in her own robbery. Like there's something else that they're not being
0: told. Mm. Maybe you think she's setting all of this up just to like keep all the money from everybody else, maybe, and somehow gain more money for herself. Mm.
1: No, maybe i mean she certainly seemed kind of like that in the last she definitely episode. she was
0: definitely in the last episode we saw of her she was definitely like very cutthroat and yeah frankly a lot well, scarier than she is in this episode
1: yeah yeah and now she just seems like a woman with a business
0: yeah now she just seems like another broad out there to make a buck in the changing times
1: yeah which is... Which is even, totally fine. Fine, yeah, businesswoman. Yeah. But yeah, she seemed like a killer. Uh, on the other hand, she was trying to get Frankie Drake out of there. But on the other hand, we know from the log line that Frankie is going to get framed for this murder. Yeah,
0: I think she was. I think that's just what was just what happened there. I think she just got framed for it.
1: Uh, like the cops but, saw her there. But did Betsy Bessie frame her?
0: Mm, I don't think so. Because otherwise, Betsy wouldn't have gotten her out of it. You know what I mean? Betsy wouldn't have... Knocked out the cop and then dragged her out of there. She would have just let her take the rap.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. She did tell her to run. Yeah. Run, run, run. Okay. I am going to take a wild guess.
0: Please do. I encourage it.
1: And I was a big fan of the Perry Mason reboot. Right, you were. this pandemic. And <laughs> the young guy... Who is the father of the baby? Mm-hmm. He turns out to have been the illegitimate son of this big businessman.
0: Oh yeah, in uh-huh. town,
1: and he kind of that actor kind of reminded me of him. Mm. So I'm gonna go for just a ridiculous relational thing, right? I'm gonna say that he is actually, even though we have no clues, a, an illegitimate son of the Canas guy,
0: Canasta As- guy, <laughs> Canas- sure, yeah,
1: Canas- Canasky guy, and I like
0: Canasta better for the record. I know,
1: I I think it's close for a reason. Yeah, because he's supposed to be at a gambling establishment.
0: Oh, I can see that. Sure, yeah,
1: yeah, and they mentioned that Trudy is so good at cards. How because do
0: you... Oh, was it she... Canasta?
1: Yeah, because she played Canasta. Oh
0: my lord, that is hilarious! If that if they were do- if they were doing Canasta. that kudos
1: i mean you know yeah writers Kamasta, and their Kamasky. names absolutely so okay so i think he's an illegitimate son of that guy and i think he's uh got a big mouth on him because i i don't think he actually worked at muldoon's i think he was telling the guy who worked at muldoon's that he they should change the name of the restaurant
0: yeah it was his idea for him to call it muldoon's as opposed to like oh, gordon's grub he or something like there. that I don't think he... Yeah, he was bragging to the guy who worked oh. there that it was his idea that he told the guy... To
1: change it to the to grill. To change it to the grill. Okay. No. Here's what's happening. Okay. Right? He is the illegitimate son of, of Canasta. Canasta. Okay. But he cannot prove it. But this watch proves it. And it was... Oh. And the other guy that was paying them loads that was that's paying mm-hmm. um, Frankie and Trudy tons of money to get the watch back is wanting to prove that he is the legitimate son or he wants to keep this watch which proves that this other son is the legitimate son but if the other loudmouth guy with all the the grill vision and whatever if he if the watch comes into his possession then his father will be really upset and he he will lose his, Fortune or. So we've got whatever. Canasta. Yeah. And then Canasta. we've got the
0: first guy who's looking for the watch. Yeah. And we think the first guy who's looking for the watch is Canasta's legitimate son.
1: Yeah. Or he's at least posing right now, or seems to be to have been at least a legitimate son. Right.
0: But he's posing in order to get this watch back so that the illegitimate son. Cannot prove that that he is in fact related to Canasta at all. Yeah. So it's all of it's all a feint from Canasta to make sure that like his bastard seed isn't recognized. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So ultimately, ultimately, Canasta's behind it is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. And the watch, the watch, the wane of the watch is just this unfortunate bystander thing that is happening on the periphery and it's just the, it's like like kanasky doesn't understand what's going on with the watch like he's just robbing and has his fingers in lots of pies meanwhile this drama between these two sun figures is happening in the shadows around him
1: yeah the watch got picked up in the raid but the first guy who wants the watch back mm-hmm. knows that it's a meaningful watch right and that it will prove something to his father About his legitimacy or that the others. That is my guess. Oh, oh, okay. Keep it coming. Kanasky, like you said, fingers and lots of pies. When Flo and Mary went to the pawn shop, the pawn shop lady was not the pawn shop owner. She was just the worker. And they said, well, we want to talk to the owner. And she was like, well, he's not in. I mean, obviously, she was there. Sure. He was not in. He... Is He has fingers in lots of pies, including pawn shops. And so he did the robbery of Bessie's place, stole all the stuff, and is having it sold at his pawn shop.
0: Interesting. And he
1: didn't realize that this meaningful watch, which should be meaningful to him or meaningful to his legitimate or illegitimate son, was part of the property. He just, got, you know, it was all stolen shit. It was put into a bag sure. or a box. And then they, he just turned it over to her to like put it out there. That's my guess. I
0: dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I am focusing on the bartender. Oh. I am focusing on the pit boss. Mm-hmm. And obvi- I mean, obviously the Muldoon's folks are involved in it somehow. Mm. They're probably the robbers themselves. But I don't think that they're the ones who are behind it all. There's so much muddy water going around here. Who knows what this actually is? Uh, I mean, I would love it if the urchins came back and the urchins were behind it all. And they're like, look, how do you think we're going to afford college? Huh? You think we're going to be able to do this by stealing things? No, we need a big haul. Yeah. I'm stalling. Can you tell I'm stalling? Do I want to go with Kanasky as well? I think I am. I think I'm going to go with Kanasky as well. I wish I could figure out how I think the watch fits into this. Because I think this is the thing, like if Kanasky owned the pawn shop, like Kanasky wouldn't steal everything and then sell everything at his own pawn shop. Like that's just not how fences work. Mm. The whole thing is that you steal it and then you have to give it to somebody else who doesn't know anything about it. He is the only one who has actually been like incredibly, not just not just rude, but physically inappropriate with the ladies. You know what I mean? Kanasky the only one who's like, he's, he slapped her tush. You know what I mean? So I do. I think it's Kanasky. I think the guy in the park, with who's s- selling stuff for the street archins. Uh-huh. I think he is actually the one who owns the pawn shop. I think he's. <gasps> I think he's got two little. I think, oh! I think he's got two two side deals going on there. But okay, I do hustle. think. I do think it's Kanasky. I do because I think Kanasky is trying to put Bessie down a peg or two. I bet that Kanasky is trying, is also serving Ms. Kwan things as well. Like maybe he's importing the liquor and everything. So I think he is trying to get Bessie shut down because he's like, he either wants to take it over or he wants everybody to go to Ms. Kwan's or something like that. But I do, I think it's, I think it's Kanasky. I'm going to also say, I think the street urchins are coming back. I hope they're coming back. I hope they come back for some like, they do some kind of like sting operation using the street urchins in it. And yeah. if and if they do, I think we both get a point. <laughs> and the, and the viewers get a point too. Everybody gets a point if the street urchins come back. Gets everybody gets a point. <laughs> so, and I'd like to uh, also thank the podcast oversight committee for allowing us to continue with the episode. Thank it you. Was, it was folks, it was, we really appreciate it. It was touch and go there for a second. So, mm-hmm. but I'm glad we we're there. I'm glad they saw the interest in the game and let us continue with it. So
1: tweet game they, on
0: game on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to take a brief pause here while Jessica readies herself for the ceremonial viewing. And this is just between you and me. And I mean, Jessica's right there, so she hears it too. But between you and me, I just want to say that I'm going to change my guess. I now believe I now believe that Sean Murphy, in fact, is the man behind everything. Sean Murphy was the man who started this all in action when he asked Frankie Drake and Trudy to get the watch back for him. So I think it's him. This is all a setup. He is trying to muscle in on Kanasky's territory. And he. this is just a way to get Frankie involved in that whole gang and bring him down. So yeah, I think the great big switcheroo double cross is going to be that Sean Murphy is the one behind this all. So changing my guess. We'll see if it burns me. It's Is okay. It's okay. It's okay. It. No, no, no. The po- the podcast oversight committee said it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine.
1: All right, we're back. <laughs> Uh, and I was going to – I was calling foul, man. I was going to call the – I was going to call the, the – um
0: Podcast Oversight Committee? Yeah, the
1: Oversight Committee, and I was going to say, he's done it again.
0: I, again? What do you mean again? That like, was, that was the to, first time – like, you had three guesses. You had three guesses. Three like,
1: guesses?
0: Yeah, you Who were was, like, oh, 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 and this. Oh, 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 and this. No, oh, I mean
1: – isn't that kind of a thing? Like
0: you're allowed to you keep guessing. Think, you are allowed to keep guessing, which is why you are allowed come to keep to guessing. A, exactly. No, you are yeah. totally allowed. That which is why I came in and changed my guess and thought <laughs> allowed some more.
1: <laughs> All right. Fine.
0: Fine. fine. L- d- gentle listener, you should know <laughs> that she's she's protesting like this just to make sure that I still lose.
1: <laughs> yes, tell them all about it. What happened in the final twenty-two well, minutes? Well, I'll tell them all
0: about this, but first I have to say that yes, I changed my guess, and Jessica was right. It was Charles Kanaski. He was—he was, was a major bad guy not behind in it all,
1: anyway. That I thought.
0: Right. I mean, we had the we had the why's and the wherefores all completely wrong. Yeah. So it's a good thing we are not nineteen twenties private investigators in Toronto. Exactly. But nevertheless, we still would have gotten our guy. Yeah. Well, well, you would have gotten your guy. I would have gotten some. I had no some, proof, though. I, you would have had no proof, and I would have fingered some besotted lover who just wanted his watch back to remind him of the girl that he lost. Yeah. It's very sad, both mm. the loss and the fact that like he lost his girl. So, yes, Jessica won. Congratulations, Jessica. Ticker tape parade tomorrow morning, early, early. They
1: always make them so early in the morning because <laughs> they don't want to disrupt
0: traffic. Don't disrupt traffic. Anyways, but yes, how did we get there? When last we left our crew, Bessie was waking up Frankie Drake and then assaulting a policeman who had found Frankie Drake next to a dead body. Trudy was back at Frankie Drake's office being very nervous about them all. Uh, a side note on this, Trudy's sleeves in this whole episode were fire. Yeah. They were Super duper great. Like she had some amazing costuming happening with her. Like when she's learning how to deal, she's got these like long cut sleeves with the cuffs and they're like going all around her. And then she had some like swoopy sleeves when she's like going around their office being all worried about Frankie Drake. It's great. Anyways, so yes, Bessie and Frankie go back to the office and try to figure out what the heck happened. They don't know. They just know they need a safe house. So they go to Ms. Kwan's Casino and Bar. Ms. Kwan hides them up, but just as she agrees to do it, Detective Grayson shows up and he's all like, well, you know, she's wanted by the police and she's messed up with Bessie. Bessie is bad news. This is horrible. You wouldn't hide them from me. And of course, Trudy and Ms. Kwan are just like, no, what are you thinking about? Of course we wouldn't do that. Meanwhile, though, as Bessie and Frankie are holed up in this little cubbyhole, Detective Grayson sews discord between Bessie and Frankie, talking about how Bessie can't be trusted and this is no good and Bessie is losing her mind. She pulls out a gun. She's like, I'm, they're never going to take me alive. And the tensions get high, but Grayson can't find them, so he leaves and Bessie and Frankie come out and... They don't know what to do, they just gonna have to stay there overnight. Trudy goes to check out the waiter, but he doesn't have a shiner, so it wasn't him. But, meanwhile, Trudy goes and talks to Flo, and Flo does have another clue. For some reason, don't ask why, Vernon, the head of security, now dead, had a phone number on a piece of paper in his sock. So Trudy takes the phone number back to Bessie and Frankie at Ms. Quan's, where Bessie tells them that I know that phone number. It's the phone number to Buffalo, where there's this horrible, evil, awful Italian crime family who is trying to come into Toronto, but they said they told me they were going to stay out of it. So who are they working with to come in here? And they scare me half to death. So now there's this new threat coming out of Buffalo. Meanwhile, Mary and Flo meet up at the pawn shop, where they get the name of the person who sold the watch to the pawn shop. But that's not all they get. Mary reveals that she has more information about Sean Murphy. Remember Sean Murphy? Sean Murphy's the guy who wanted to watch in the first place. He has a police record. He has a police record for attacking this Chinese businessman. Why did he attack the Chinese businessman? Apparently, he is a very important Chinese businessman who had a daughter named Water Lily. So apparently Sean Murphy was just in love with a Chinese businessman's daughter. The Chinese businessman, as soon as he found out that Sean Murphy and she were in love, shipped the daughter back to China. Sean Murphy is heartbroken. That is why he's going after the watch so hard. It's not because he's in charge of everything and trying to get people out of Bessie run out of town and take over everything. No, no, that is the job of the Italian crime family and Charles Kanaski. They talk to a couple people, Muldoons, they figure out that Kanasky's the guy, He is allied with the Italians, and he's the one who's trying to run Bessie out of town. So yes, Jessica had it right. Because of the mistrust sowed between Bessie and Frankie, they end up fighting and having guns drawn on each other to figure out who gets to take Kanasky in. Does Bessie get to kill Kanasky, or does Frankie get to take Kanasky and clear her name? They decide to play one hand of poker for it, and wouldn't you know... Looks like Bessie's won with the full house, queens over tens, but it turns out Frankie's got aces over jacks. So Frankie wins, but there's enough trust between them where Bessie's like, don't you cross me or get in my way ever again. And Frankie's like, don't you ever get in my way ever again. And they're like, fine, fine. And Bessie leaves and Frankie gets Charles Kanasky. But never forget, never forget what we said at the beginning. Frankie is the daughter of a con man. Of course she knows how to deal cards. She totally set it up. It was all a front. She knew she was going to win. She did win. Kanasky goes back to jail. Or not back. Kanasky goes to jail. Detective Grayson visits Frankie and says, you just better keep your nose clean. And they have all sorts of awkward flirting. It was awkward flirting, right? It
1: was. It's very awkward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then the ladies celebrate having each other and being a team as opposed to being on their own like Bessie. And they all drink and play cards at Ms. Kwan's the end
1: the end happy ending
0: happy ending happy winner ending
1: oh i mean thanks but i also she says thanks
0: but meanwhile she is literally dancing around the dancing (laughs) around the room doing her victory dance
1: (laughs) but there was no like legitimate illegitimate son storyline you're right there wasn't and that muldoon guy all even though he was associated with kanaski he was just take the win Jessica. Like, just
0: take the win here' there, I'm, uh, give, I'm giving you the win just take the win it's fine it's fine, fine. it's fine. <laughs> fine
1: take the win
0: take the win i am less upset with you winning than I am with me changing my guess <laughs> but, uh, uh of course it was Kanaski. we knew and frankly my reasons for it being kanaski the fact that he like he was the only one who slapped her on the button was physically yeah, did inappropriate say that. I was like I should have known I should have stuck with it oh well you yeah. you'll win some you'll lose some some days it rains
1: yeah, yeah, and you know another thing that they put us off the scent with is that Sean Murphy was throwing a lot of money. He was at throwing Frankie a lot of money and, around, uh, like he's this Frankie poor student. Trudy. Where did
0: he get all this money?
1: Yeah, well, so it turns out that the reason why he was doing that is because he wanted this watch because it was his last
0: connection, connection to, the woman, loved, to yeah. the woman he
1: loved. And he says that the businessman wasn't didn't approve of him because he wasn't Chinese, but also because he was a poet. And so he was never going to be a businessman. And so this was a proof of this, is that he was just throwing money at Frankie and Trudy to get back his memento of his lover, or, I mean, the person his true love. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Lover in
0: quotes, and the fact that this was his true love. And so he
1: wasn't dealing shrewdly as a businessman. At at, all. At all, in order to, because he was so emotional. Which could (sighs) have been... It, uh, we didn't really pick up on that at all, but it's in retrospect it could have been a fun red herring.
0: Sure, sure. Well, it was all fun red herrings. It's a fun yeah. show. It's a yes. it's like despite the awkward flirting and the awkward flirting, I have to say, has remained throughout all the episodes we've seen. Despite awkward flirting, it's a fun show. Yes, I'd like it. So, yeah. Are we ready to dive into the IMDb? Yes. Tell us what you got heard.
1: Okay. Well, Lauren Lee Smith, who plays Frankie Drake. She is famous for being on CSI from 2008 to 2009. She was also on the L Word, and she was also on The Listener, and she was in Shape of Water.
0: She but, was in Shape of Water.
1: Yeah, I don't remember her role. <laughs> the Listener is a TV show that comes up in a lot of these. The, this cast and uh-huh. crew and the, the it's a, is creators. Is it a Canadian show? Yeah, it's a Canadian show. It's a, a young paramedic discovers he has telepathic <gasps> yes, powers. You
0: told me, but I think I think we talked about this last week for Haven.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh wait, is it? No, we, we totally did. Oh, we totally okay. did. Okay. Yes. All right. So now another show that I'm fairly certain we did not mention uh-huh. when we were doing Haven, because this will come up in almost everybody's. Sure. In this show, they did a show called Hudson and Rex.
0: What? Which what even is, is Hudson and
1: Rex? A policeman, who. Partners with a dog, (laughs) a German shepherd that he likes because they don't talk back. Mm. So maybe he's a little curmudgeonly. And I can just imagine like everybody, I mean, it's kind of like, it seems like it's like this group's law and order. You know, everybody's got an episode. But I also feel like, you know, when they all start doing some real serious stuff. They just got to throw in a Hudson and Rex every once in a while.
0: <laughs> just go somewhere, have a little fun. Like when you're on the set, you can pet the dog. It's great. <laughs> it's a very low-key, low-stress show. Yeah.
1: So Chantal Riley plays Trudy Clark. Mm-hmm. And she has been super busy since 2016.
0: I was. will have to say, so she... she is she a Broadway actress? So yes. oh,
1: you remember this from the last time. Well, no,
0: I, do. I just re- I remember that she was a Broadway actress, but I am a little disappointed that they had her in a nightclub working. And they, like, this, like... Well,
1: it for... wasn't a nightclub. It was just a casino. Fine. There was no entertainment. This is, like, classic casino. Sure,
0: yes. Classic casino. But for a long Steve time... Steve Wynn. For a long time, <laughs> every single chance, every single episode, they were finding a way to let her sing.
1: Yeah, it's true. So
0: she didn't get to sing this no, episode. No, she I'm a little didn't. Blonde.
1: yeah. So she started in 2011. Her, she made her stage debut in a German production of The Lion King. And then she went on the next year to play Nala, this same role, mm-hmm. on Broadway in The Lion King. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so she's Jamaican-Canadian. And she also did, a, in 2016, she kind of had a big breakout. She was in Race, which is a film about Jesse Owens, about his right. his wins. And then...
0: Four gold medals at the 1936 Olympics. Yeah. He's delivering the smackdown to Adolf Hitler. And Jesse Owens is like, I'm faster than all y'all. Ha
1: ha. She also has been doing the Assassin's Creed video games. And that was in 2017 is when that started. Then in 2018, she was in Winona Earp. And in 2019, she was in Pearson, which is a show with that stars Gina Torres. And then she was in. She did an episode of Suits in two thousand eighteen, and then she did Hudson and Rex, and she made her. Obviously, this show started in two thousand seventeen. So like she that. has been. She's been working she nonstop, co- nonstop, and these are not like one episode. This. Yeah, no, these these are all like nine episodes of everything. Or that is more. fantastic. So she's got doing a ton of work.
0: How is she standing? How is she not I like know. exhausted all the time?
1: Yeah. So much work.
0: She needed she's that great. Hudson and Rex little kind of just, you know, like, I'm just yeah. going to sit here and you lick my face, dog. Yeah. This is, I just need that kind of loving right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Rebecca Lilliard, who plays Mary Shaw, mm-hmm. is... Mary came... Shaw
0: is the... Um, she's the one who's morality the, the morality police. person. Yes.
1: She is famous as the second lead on Alias Grace, the Margaret Atwood show. Oh, We have yeah, not yeah, watched yeah. that. We but... ha-
0: I think I... Yeah, no, I haven't watched it.
1: Sharon Matthews, who plays Flo... Chakovitz, who is the, not the coroner, but the medical assistant, medical assistant. whomever, yeah. She is known for being in Mean Girls, Hairspray. She and was she, in Mean Girls? Yeah, and she was also in Hairspray, and she is a very prolific cabaret artist. Anthony Lemke, who plays Detective Grayson, who is a dead ringer for a younger Fred Willard.
0: Oh my god, totally. But
1: still not young, because he's kind of old, and he actually looks older than Frankie, Frankie Drake, and it's kind of a little disconcerting to me. I mean, like, a <laughs> lot older. Anyway... He does a lot of work on thriller films and TV shows and he was also on The Listener with Lauren Lee Smith and he is also known for his role as Three on the sci-fi series Dark Matter and in the film Queen of Swords. And he went to law school after studying acting. Oh my gosh. After law school. And then he went back to acting. Sure. Has his whole career. Okay. Okay. Grace Lynn Chung, who plays Wendy Kwan. Wendy Kwan. The owner of the establishment Kwan's
0: Tea yes. House. Kwan's Tea House.
1: With its cold and hot tea. She has 75 credits. Holy smokes. She has a and lots of awards and nominations for various roles in film TVs. Film and TV. She, I everything that I'm like, what is this show? Oh my god, that I want to watch that. Like all these fantastic descriptions. Okay, so starting with. She is a regular on so many shows and has, like I said, everything has a great elevator logline. So, Mary Kills People.
0: (laughs) This is a great title to begin with.
1: Which is about an ER nurse who helps terminally ill people slip away on their own terms. Oh
0: my God. That's so, so more like Hudson and Rex kind of like lighthearted fare there. Wow. Mm.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. A little different. Rising Suns.
0: Rising Suns.
1: Which is about a Chinese businessman who travels between China and Canada and is trying to build a life for his family in Canada while precariously, it seems like from the description, protecting China's assets. So he's tr- he's like, he's, got, he's living the whole, kind of torn thing. between yeah. two worlds. And he's a very rich and successful man, but maybe hiding a big secret. Okay. And she is also on a show called The Stranded. Which is, after a tsunami, students at a private school are stranded at their school on an island and realize they must fend for themselves because no one is coming for them.
0: Oh my god, I love it. So it's
1: sort of like a Lord of of the Flies. Sort of like Lord of
0: the Flies meets Lost meets...
1: Yeah, and she's a professor there. She was in a short film where she received a Best Actress award, I think, and then as well as the film itself got an award Mm -hmm. called The Remnant. And it's about... Okay... Okay, it's about con artists who pose as paranormal investigators to steal from a wealthy old lady and then unleash a malevolent spirit.
0: Okay, we saw the unleashing happen. We saw the unleashing coming. You that's did? A, oh yeah, that's a great trope. That is oh. a great like the two. I mean, it it's, sounded it's like unla- the
1: ladies, lady killers to me. Yeah. But then it took another turn. That's yes,
0: absolutely it. Yes, it's all like all that. it sounds great. It sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, and then she was also on a show, again, regular, like, lots of episodes, 23 episodes, called Insecurity. It's about a secret agent and her team of insecure spies.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay, you got me with insecure
1: spies. She plays opposite Natalie Lysinka, who played Ainsley on Orphan Black. She was also on Clarice. She was also on Star Trek Discovery. She was also a number of episodes of Designated Survivor, Odd Squad, 12 Monkeys, the listener, of course, being Erica, and then Drumroll, favorite thing of all time. Oh no. She was on Slings and Arrows oh, playing what? Emily Lou, aka Momely the intern. Who then becomes, like, full-time, right?
0: Oh, and my God. Not- I don't know. I think Mommalee's only the third season, so I'm not sure what happens with Mommalee. That is fantastic. Oh, my God. Miss Kwan is Mommalee from Slings and Arrows. Yes.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. I do, too. She has had such an amazing career, and I'm so happy because I remember watching that show and being like... Mommalee
0: go- is amazing. That
1: woman is going to go somewhere, and I can't wait to watch her on screen, like every week you know <laughs> yes
0: yes I rem- oh, that was a tough season that was the King Lear season that was a tough season but she was hilarious and she committed to that bit like she was just that oh, that's so great yes. Oh yay. Well, I'm glad we got to see her again
1: yeah yeah so the creators of the show are Carol Hay Michelle Ricci and then also Cal Coons is credited He created Murdoch Mysteries, which Carol and Michelle wrote on, and he is the showrunner for Mm -hmm. the show, and they are executive producer writers, writers' rooms for the show. Carol also wrote on some other crime-type shows, and she's just done a lot of of life-of-type things. Mm -hmm. Do you call that biography
0: Sure, yeah, biopics, mm-hmm. biopics. Biopics, a little sure. bit
1: that, uh, and murder things, of course. She did an interesting TV movie called, very Canadian, it's not, that's not what it's called. It's called, <laughs> Waking Up Wally, the Walter Gretzky story, in which the father of Wayne Gretzky has a stroke and wakes up with no memory of his famous son.
0: Is that, was that true? Did that happen? I don't know. Okay.
1: Then, All her, you
0: Canadian listeners, let us know if that's yes, true or not.
1: Yeah. Her first writing credit was in 1999 for the Sheldon Kennedy story about a hockey player abused by his coach. Wow. Then there is Michelle Ricci, like I said, um, also one of the creators. Her first credit was er, on, on IMDB, mm-hmm. was being a PA on Smallville. Oh wow. She was also she's also a writer on the listener currently. And she, oh, we have
0: got to watch the listener. I know. I, like, this sounds like such a cheesy, awesome show.
1: Yeah. And oh, sorry. She, she was on the listener and she's currently a writer producer on a show called Private Eyes, which stars Jason Priestley. As a retired hockey player who teams up with a private eye named Angie Everett, played by Angie Sampson. 60 episodes of that show has not played one night in America, has it?
0: I don't know. In Jason Christie, he's 90210, right? Yes! Oh wow.
1: I thought he was dead. <laughs> I know it's Luke Perry. Rest it's in Luke peace. Perry, yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah, 60 episodes of that. Currently still going. Also, Michelle yes. Ricci's first mm. credit yes. on Smallville. Not only was she a PA, but she was a hand double in two episodes. <laughs> it was like, what two episodes need a hand double?
0: There's some that's some second eating shooting happening. I mean, like you just put your hands in there. We need we we need we can't call her back, so we need hands. Go.
1: Yeah, maybe there's yeah some
0: (laughs) hand double. Oh my god, I want an IMDb hand double credit now. (laughs) Let me please somebody figure out how I can get. I I can I can put my hands under a camera. I can absolutely do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. This episode. Credits John Callahan as the writer mm-hmm. in the on the screen credits. Yeah, IMDb lists him, of course, but then also Carrie Ferenc Ferenc. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. F E R E N C Z.
0: Mm, okay, sure.
1: Callahan also wrote and produced on Winona Earp, and now, of course, is on Hudson and Rex. Carrie Ferenc also has credits on. Hudson and Rex and she is a consulting producer interesting facts about her it seems like she has a credit as a medical consultant on one episode of Vegas 911 and she was a reach researcher for many 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 episodes of a show called Remedy which seems kind of like a medical thing yeah and she is currently a consulting producer on Hudson and Rex, and I just wonder if there's like lots of dog bites or some bloody things that happen and she needs to like weigh in as a medical consultant. This, this as is
0: best. what really happens when a dog bites you.
1: Yes. Yeah. This episode is direct, this and many of the Frankie Drake episodes are directed by Ru Ruda? No. Ruba. Sorry. I get dyslexic with my B's and D's mm-hmm. sometimes. Ruba Nada. She is a world-renowned, critically acclaimed writer and director. She is of Arab descent, born and raised in Canada. She's directed over 20 films. A couple of them seem to be with Patricia Clarkson, and she is developing a piece with her right now. She's directed a ton of TV as well. Not really in like any particular genre. It's kind of all over the map. It's exciting. She's directed Valor. She's directed Hawaii Five-0, Taken, NCIS, Arrow... Roswell, Krypton, Lincoln, rhyme, And recently, she just directed some episodes for the Murdoch Mysteries. Which, I mean, I guess that show's been going forever. Unfortunately, season four is the last season of Frankie Drake. But Murdoch Mysteries continues.
0: Murdoch Mysteries, chugging along.
1: Yeah. One of the producers on the show is Teresa M. Ho. And I just wanted to highlight her. Because she has over 20 years of experience in film as a producer in various other capacities. She just sold to the CBC a feature documentary, My Piece of the City, about the use in Regent Parks. And she recently also, well, I mean, not so recently, but she worked on Anne with an E on Netflix as Which well as this sweet. show. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we do Hudson and Rex next. <laughs> <laughs> and just see everybody again. Just
0: see everybody all over again. It'll be great. It'll be <laughs> like,
1: oh yeah, there she is again. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. That's it's fantastic. Some fun, some fun stuff.
0: Woo! There you go. So we but we picked up another win! I'm so happy we picked up another win. Are we I was,
1: like one and one now? We
0: are one and one. Or or more more accurately, we are both. This was this is episode nine. We are both one and eight. <laughs> <laughs> So, yay! Oh well, it's it's still fun, right? We're not we're not totally horrible guessers, right?
1: I think we are. But that's, <laughs> that's the point of mystery.
0: You're right. It is the point of mystery. You're not supposed to know. You're not You're supposed, supposed to, know. to know. That's what makes sherlock's Holmes so amazing. He knows because he's a freaking genius.
1: Yeah, but yeah. it still takes him, you know, a couple pages to figure it out.
0: Sherlock Holmes. Also uses street urchins. I'm telling you, let's bring back the street urchin. You're right. He does. Let's let's not. Let's not bring back the street urchin. The street urchins was actually a very bad thing. Let's just put them back to nice, profitable, moral work like chimney sweeping. Get back to that. Or coal mining. Get back in the mines. Wait,
1: no, no. What?
0: You don't want that either? We
1: we don't want youth working.
0: Oh. No,
1: not being taken advantage of.
0: Oh. Okay. Go to school. Go to school.
1: Maybe some proper apprenticeships for working for union laborers.
0: So you're saying unions t- unions hire fourteen year olds? Is what I'm hearing no, you say? No,
1: I mean they w- they would no, <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> unless they're child actors. In which case, there are all sorts of laws and rules about keeping yes. them safe. Our point yes. is, don't bring back the street urchins. No, please. It's just a great it's just a great word to say, like street urchin. It conjures up just such. You know, you just you just want to picture Dick Van Dyke like just like tap dancing down the street, but that's not no.
1: I know you say that, and that's what you picture. I just picture a weird fish bopping along <laughs> on the street, a bouncy <laughs> weird thing that might be called a fish. Are they still called a fish? Yes, I think they are. <laughs> All right.
0: With the bouncy fish, I'm Jacob. I'm Jessica. We'll see you next time. See ya.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really
0: appreciate it. And now
1: we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores,
0: your insider info, your favorite logic cop catches, and
1: your suggestions for what shows we should watch next.
0: Follow us and join the fun on Twitter and Facebook at Dunnit.
1: Or on Instagram at Dunnit Podcast.
0: Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out.
1: Because watching TV is always better with friends.
0: There's a Frankie Drink Mysteries wiki. Oh, are you on it? Yes.
1: Okay, good. What does it say?
0: So according to, uh, you know what, I just want to give a shout out to Fandom Wikis if they want to sponsor us because they are amazing and I love all of the complete and utter nerds who just populate it all with all this information about shows everywhere. It is a godsend and I love it. Yes.